his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Here's something you are not going to hear on the mainstream media. What you do hear is warmongers arguing that we must protect Ukraine because it is a quote-unquote democracy. But they're lying. Ukraine isn't actually a democracy. For example, to hold on to power, Ukraine's president shut down the three TV stations that were openly criticizing him and his policies, imprisoned the head of the opposition political party, that had come in second place in their elections and went and arrested and jailed that party's leaders. This is exactly what Putin has been accused of doing. But Ukraine did this all with the support of the United States. Today's podcast is a continuation of yesterday's podcast where I went all the way back to World War II to detail how Nazification, neo-Nazism became embedded in the culture of Western Ukraine of half that country, and ultimately, its parties and its government. To understand all that, you'll have to listen to yesterday's podcast. We'll jump forward from there. It's not surprising, then, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, that the mainstream media, including The Nation, USA Today, and Reuters, just to name a few, became deeply concerned about the Nazification of Ukraine over the last couple of years. After Barack Obama used Nazi shock troops from at least three neo-Nazi political parties to install their leader in 2014 in a coup. Washington got very comfortable with neo-Nazis. The fascist Social National Party of Ukraine, the SNPU, is openly, radically nationalist and neo-Nazi. They don't even hide it. That was no impediment for Andriy Perubi, one of its two co-founders, to become Get this, chairman of the Ukrainian parliament. The man is an open neo-Nazi. He doesn't even try to hide it. He served as chairman from 2016 till 2019. That didn't bother anybody in Washington at all. It's absolutely jarring to see the photos of Perubi when he was invited in June of 2017 to Washington, where he met with the speaker, Paul Ryan, Republican at the time, and John McCain. Ole Tannenberg, the other co-founder of that party, is also a neo-Nazi. There's a great photo of him in the Oliver Stone documentary doing a full Nazi salute because he's a Nazi. Yeah, he hung out with a lot of Washington luminaries too. 
including, once again, Senator John McCain and, get this, Vice President Joe Biden, who met with Tannebach right after the 2014 coup. This barely hidden neo-Nazi-led government was beginning to attract attention, both from the mainstream media, but also from wannabe Nazis all over the world and white supremacists who began to flock to Ukraine to be part of it. The people, meanwhile, many of them were caught in between. Western Ukraine, the heart of neo-Nazism, hated Russia, and for really good reason. Look up Stalin's famines. Stalin, using the weapon of forced famine, killed almost 4 million Ukrainians in the early 30s. And they needed a way to rebel. The only way they had was the one that the CIA built for them, with billions in funding over the years. Openly neo-Nazi parties. For some, they had no choice but to vote for these people. And for others, it was a matter of, well, just opposing Western Ukraine, which... Large parts of it are ethnically Russian and Russian-speaking and pro-Russian. Things have been pretty peaceful up until 2014 and the Newland-Obama meddling. After the coup and the violent installation of their leaders, though, things would change. And the Ukraine government began committing atrocities against Western Ukraine, the ethnically Russian, Russian-speaking part, including shelling civilian areas for nearly eight years. None of this was a secret. Journalists documented it for years on YouTube. At least 2,500 people died in the ensuing eight years in the skirmishes between Russian soldiers, Russian separatist groups, the Ukraine government, and their neo-Nazi battalions. It's a big mess. And it's how Washington liked it. This is who we installed. But what are the media outlets that Zelensky shut down? You know, in between jailing his political opponent. Who do they represent? Oh, they're Russian. Well, the world hears that and thinks, oh, they must be bad. Russian propaganda. Here's the problem. Russian-speaking areas make up about half the country. Or ethnically Russian areas that are kind of hybrid between the two. So when he's shutting those down, he's shutting down his political opposition. He's cutting off half the country from their news. And that's what he just did again this week shutting down 11 more media outlets, consolidating all media under his complete control, and shutting down political parties too. Who's he shutting down? Now some Russian people. Well, no, that's the problem. Ethnically Russian media and political parties, again, represent about half the country. The half the country that's been a victim of indiscriminate civilian killing by the Ukraine government, yes, you heard that right, for the last eight years. And also killings by the neo-Nazi militias. That's why Zelensky had to shut down all the media outlets and consolidate those he allowed to exist into one. They didn't want you to know about the war crimes the Ukraine government was also committing against its own people. Putin wasn't lying about any of it. Now, none of this makes Putin right. But I wanted you to understand who he's fighting. It's not even really neo-Nazis. It's neo-Nazis installed by us. This is a proxy war. And that is what I wanted you to see so that you could understand what this actually is and who is actually fighting. Tearing apart the country where so many innocent civilians just want to live in peace. Whether they were Eastern Ukrainian or Western Ukrainian, Ukrainian nationalist or Russian ethnically. 
Journalist Patrick Lancaster is an American citizen. He lives in the eastern pro-Russian, ethnically Russian part of Ukraine because he's married to a woman from there. He has kids with her. On his YouTube channel, six years ago, he began covering the atrocities against the ethnically Russian half of the country by the Ukraine government. It wasn't exactly sexy and not that many people cared. On the day he posted this interview to his YouTube channel, he had just seen a bomb go off in a civilian area launched by the Ukrainian government that had killed a large number of people. I, right now, am in Donetsk, and uh, Donetsk is actually the main city or the capital of the anti-Ukraine, one of the two uh, breakaway regions that broke away from Ukraine, or at least tried to break away from Ukraine in 2014 following a referendum. And I've actually been here uh, for the vast majority of the last eight-year war that's been going on here. That's what a lot of people don't understand in the West. This this war hasn't been just going on for the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, this has been going on for the last almost eight years. It started May 26, 2014. And I've been here uh, since then uh, covering what's been going on. Just about f- 40 minutes ago, there was an an- another rocket attack on the suburbs of Donetsk, um, an area called Mikhevka, a Ukrainian uh, rockets it came down on a civilian area um yesterday a ukrainian tochka u uh, or as NATO calls it, Scarab missile, uh, a cluster bomb, which is basically a war crime, came down on a, a civilian uh, area here in the center of Donetsk, just 200 meters from where I w- I'm sitting right now. And I went there immediately uh, as soon as I heard the explosion and it was just carnage on the streets. It, uh, I personally saw 10 civilians uh, d- uh, lose their life. And it, the official number is that there was uh, 26 killed and over 50 injured in this uh, attack on the center of Donetsk. And th- there's no if ands or buts, uh, this attack yesterday was perpetrated by the Ukrainian forces on the civilian population of Donetsk. But it's nothing different than Lancaster and dozens of other journalists, many of whom have had their YouTube channels stripped since the war with Ukraine and Russia began. Nothing much different than they've been posting for years, but no one cared. That attack he just told you about? Yeah, those go on all the time here when the Ukraine government bombs its own citizens he says this is something that happens almost on a daily basis in one area or another i have personally been on the scene of shelling attacks the filming the aftermath of these attacks uh, where ukraine has launched on the uh, just senselessly on the civilian areas Villages, cities, like yesterday, the center of a city. Sometimes it's just villages out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, sometimes it's frontline areas. Uh, there, there's no real um, reasoning to it sometimes, it seems, that just besides the fact that it, it's an attack on civilians. Um, of course, the, uh, there's attacks on military targets as well, but that's war. Uh, these uh, attacks on civilians that's been going on for five years is just war crimes and shouldn't be tolerated no matter what side of any contact line any war whether it's uh, in uh, kiev or donetsk 
or in any other country around the world, the shelling of civilians should not be tolerated. That's the real Ukraine. All of which means what you've seen on your TV is a total lie. The people of Ukraine aren't united against the Russians. They're just as likely to kill each other. And Zelensky, he's a butcher and a war criminal, just like Putin. But I really, really don't want to pick sides here. That's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to tell you the truth about what's really going on and to ask the question, why, after eight years of shelling of people who are ethnically Russian in areas Putin insists Russia should control. Why do they not want you to question any of them? His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Because Ukraine is just a proxy war space for the real battle between us, our neo-Nazi shock troops, and the Russians. Step back for a moment and look at it from Russia's perspective. Not to justify anything they've done. They're still in the wrong. Now look at this from their perspective of how Washington has deliberately and endlessly, and for almost seemingly no reason, provoked the heck out of them. The $200 million we now have documentation of for the bio labs. And folks, come on. If we want to do bio lab work to study dangerous pathogens, that's what the Army, the U.S. Army memo called it, dangerous pathogens. We can do that here anytime we want to if we're studying them for protective purposes, like to make a vaccine. You don't do that in a war zone. And as you've just heard, That's what Ukraine is. And you certainly don't do it in a level three safety facility. These were bioweapons labs. They can't be anything else. So let's rewind and look at it from Russia's perspective. We installed neo-Nazis in the government. The Russians are absolutely terrified of Nazis, given their history with Nazis in World War II. It was quite bloody. So you've got that going on. We're installing weapons labs where we handle dangerous pathogens all over the place. We have spoken for three years about the, quote, acts of war, unquote, that Russia perpetrated upon us, including a supposed coup where they tried to take over the presidency of the United States of America by subverting an election. None of it actually happened. 
We now know Hillary Clinton made it up. She was the one doing the spying. They never hacked the election. They never interfered in the election. Then they were accused by 51 high-ranking members of our intel community of trying to interfere in the Biden-Trump election with Russian disinformation in the form of Hunter's laptop. Even though we knew they didn't do any of this, we'd pretend they did, maybe as a pretext of war. Talking head after talking head, including some of our intel agency officers, went on national television to discuss this as an act of war by Russia. We sanctioned them for it no less than three times, the most recent time by Biden in 2021, even though by then he knew damn well the Russians did absolutely nothing. How would you look at all this rhetoric? And think about it. It was day in, day out, day in, day out for years about Russia's attacks on our democracy. Think how that would have sounded if you were Russian or in Russian intelligence. We only hear it gratingly as the blah, blah, blah of the opposing party. They would have heard it as war drums. And yet still, they didn't attack, though it was building. Again, I've asked you this before. Imagine that Russia came in and overthrew the Mexican government, replaced it with Russian loyalists, then lied about us attempting to overthrow the Russian government as a pretext to put troops and tanks at the Mexican border. You know, we did that, right? We put troops and tanks on the Russian border under Obama, knowing full well the Russians were not guilty of anything we accused them of. Honest to God, it's a wonder they didn't do something before this. That's what's so amazing to me. Nobody on the right or the left or anywhere but me, as best as I can tell, has talked or put out so much as a think piece on how all that rhetoric, and I remember it because I was in radio, I was in news, I was on the air. It was every day relentless about the attacks on our democracy by the Russians. Did that look like a pretext to attack them to them? I'd be shocked if it didn't. Can you see why now they're obsessed with demilitarizing Ukraine? Although they did two years ago, as I've detailed exhaustively on this podcast, I'm not going to do it again, request over the last two years international bioweapons inspections of our labs in Ukraine. Because they believed, and it appears correctly so, we'll find out more later as they come out with more evidence that we were illegally manufacturing bioweapons there in violation of at least two conventions of the Hague. And they, they were very, very polite about it, wanting a, a, a non-biased international team to come in and do the inspections. We laughed at them. Again, imagine there's tanks, Russian tanks and troops at our border. Russia has overthrown Mexico's government. Russia has accused us of acts of war by trying to undermine the Russian government in Russia. And then bioweapons labs, they put bioweapons labs right on the Mexican border. Can you imagine? I'd be on the radio every day screaming for an invasion. That's just me. And still they didn't do it. So what was their red line? We actually know. Putin made it very clear to both the Bush and the Obama administrations. It was NATO membership for Ukraine. Here's why this terrified them. Think about all those bioweapons labs, about the neo-Nazis, about the shelling that we had tolerated by the people we had installed against ethnically Russian people. Then imagine that terrifying country. Oh, this just came out too. We had built offensive cyber warfare 
facilities. Not defensive, offensive cyber warfare facilities in Ukraine. Lump all that together. Imagine that's been built uh, in Mexico. And those cyber war facilities to facilitate hacking. And then imagine Russia-controlled Mexico then seeks NATO membership and is given it. They would be absolutely protected while the installed government installed by the United States of America could menace Russia all they wanted. Shell whoever they wanted. They could do virtually anything to Russia and Russia could do almost nothing back without triggering full-scale war with NATO. What would you do? I know what I'd do if that was Russia in Mexico. But still Russia didn't attack Ukraine until December when two things happened. Again, I've detailed them exhaustively on this podcast. You can go back and listen to prior episodes about Ukraine. Joe Biden did two utterly shocking things. He reversed 20 years of precedent of sanctions on the Nord 2 pipeline that had been consistent from George Bush to Barack Obama to Donald Trump. He went to the Senate himself personally to lobby Democrats to flip their votes to vote with Putin against the sanctions should he invade Ukraine. Keep in mind, he's got all the troops in the border at this point. It's already in the news. And Joe is personally in the Senate lobbying against the sanctions that are the only thing that Zelensky and Poland and all these other countries agree will stop Putin. They lift the sanctions. Why? Because the Biden administration, like the Obama administration before, had been fomenting this war for years, driving it for years. They wanted it. And they made sure they got it by removing every obstacle in Putin's way. Poor Ukrainian people be damned. But then, as the New York Times reports this week, here's what they did. They greenlighted NATO membership for Ukraine, announced it publicly, even told the Chinese that they wanted them to try to manage Russia's reaction to NATO membership for Ukraine. The whole time, Zelensky is being told by Biden they're not getting NATO membership. Folks, all of this was a ploy to push Russia to invade. Why? I mean, at a minimum, they're blaming all their inflation problems that they caused on Putin. They even got Zelensky in on the lie. Here's Zelensky in his interview with CNN telling them they told me to say one thing publicly that we would go into NATO and told me privately they were never letting us into NATO. Knowing damn well Zelensky saying that would trip the war. Here's from the CNN official transcript from a week ago. Quote, I requested them personally to say directly that we are going to accept you into NATO in a year or two or five. Just say it directly and clearly. Or just say no, Zelensky said. And the response was very clear. You're not going to be a NATO member, but publicly the doors will remain open, he said. Publicly, they announced Putin's red line, the NATO membership, and the tanks rolled. But at least some in the mainstream media may be catching on to this. Jesse Waters actually said it out loud on Fox today. Did you hear what Zelensky said over the weekend? Mm-hmm. He basically called the United States a big tease. Yeah. He true. said that yeah. we have been privately telling them they're never going to be in NATO. I know. But then saying in public, yeah, you guys got a good shot. I'm not blaming the United <laughs> States for Russia invading. But if you're going to show these guys leg and then all of a sudden he comes in and you're going to say, oh, it wasn't my fault. I mean, my goodness. I don't know if it was... The fact that we dangled the NATO in front of Ukraine to force Putin's hand or if Putin saw Biden's disaster in Afghanistan. 
Terrace Hervatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 